For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'm delighted, I've been lottie dotting. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot, and they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill. Now come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright. De- David delight. De- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Deputy Delight, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. You will hear a little bit of laughing at the beginning of this episode because Stoops and I just recorded an entire, I don't know, 45-minute episode. Um, Well, I would say... We talked. We talked for 45 minutes about the episode that we're about to redo because I forgot to press record. So... On today's episode, we are going to continue with our 2021 college football previews, talking about Ole Miss. Uh, As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, buddy? I'm prepared. Um, I am prepared, 45 minutes more prepared. So now it happens, right? You know, we got into it. We we had some... we didn't have technical difficulties, but with the new way of your start, you got super excited, you figured it out. And we just ran with it. So it happens. It is what it is. You know, Ole Miss deserves a little more uh, little more talking time anyway. They're they're kind of overshadowed, you know, quite a bit in the SEC. So we'll give them another 45 minutes or so. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, we're sitting there, and it's funny, and I'll tell the quick story here before we dive into Ole Miss here. But we're sitting here, and I'm all excited. We figure out a way to incorporate the music into the intro of us getting ready to record. We start it. And we get ready to end the episode, and I'm like, all right, because we leave the studio, and we'll come back to the studio. And then I look up in the top right-hand corner, and it says go live. And I'm just ready to break something because we are not, in fact, live. So here we are. Um, As you said, let's just, you know, we'll dive right back into Ole Miss again. Um, And maybe I'll get their 2020 record right this time. Their 2020 record was 5-5. and Uh, We talk about the recruiting class in 2020 was 34th. 2021 17th and then of course it's taken a little bit of a dip as of today the 2022 class which is ever changing um is live at 41 right now looking at the team as a collective whole they struggled on defense last year they were ranked 118th out of 128 giving up 38.3 points per game but on the offensive side of the football which is where we highlight each and every week they ranked 14th out of 128 they averaged 39.2 yard uh, points per game 
Um, Ole Miss is returning four of their five starting line, uh, starting offensive linemen. Elijah Moore is gone. Who will replace him? We'll talk about that in a little bit. The team did end the season on a high note, beating the 11th ranked Indiana in the bowl game, which I thought was fantastic for them. Kind of that momentum going into the offseason. We will see some spring practices here very, very soon. If not, some of them have already started. So it's going to be interesting to see what guys kind of step up in place of some of these other ones because they have some holes to fill in that wide receiver position. Stoops, what are your initial thoughts on Ole Miss? Yeah, the initial thoughts were, well, how did they get to five and five? So I kind of looked at it, and a uh, lot of it just came down to defense. Let's be honest, right? The defense just wasn't wasn't what it needed to be to to help win a lot of games, um, or at least more than five games in the SEC. Offense definitely wasn't an issue, and I think we'll continue to see that. That's just kind of Lane Kiffin's, you know, go to. He he's definitely an offensive minded guy. Um, I mean, the passing yards were were phenomenal the rushing yards just total yards per game um scoring they could they could definitely get some points they just couldn't stop guys right um that was kind of my first initial reaction to it the recruiting classes it's one of those where they they're never really at least not within the past couple years they're they're never really a top 10 um even like a top 15 yeah in 2021 they finished at 17th but that's the highest you know rank that they've had um even in 2019 they were 22 you said at 2020, they were 34. So, and in 2022, which is still very early, um, they're 41. So you got to start to win those recruiting battles. Um, as I had said, you know, previously they've got to win their States, right? They've, they've got to, they've got to win the the Mississippi. They've got to win the, the pipeline States they've got around. So, um, I think that Lane Kiffin's building something there. I mean, he's got the, what the one year and even in that weird year to go 500, with guys that are essentially not your recruits. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a couple that he had brought in, you know, once he got hired, but as a whole, those, those aren't his recruits. And that's always the key. Um, is you, once we're about three to definitely four years into a coaching um, stint, that's where you really start to see what kind of team are they building. So we still got a little bit of time for him. And I hope, um, you know, they, they give him that time because as we, we know, SEC, Big Ten, you know, these, these big time conferences. Schools aren't patient, you know. If if you're 500, 500, 500 after three years, they're going to start to think, and there's going to be those rumors that are, hey, um, we might be looking for someone new. So I think Lane Kiffin's going to turn it around. He's going in the right direction. Um, based on their schedule, uh, I'd say I, I think they finished at eight and four. Um, I think that's that's kind of the the high of what they would do. I, I don't think they they win more than eight games. I mean, they're playing, you know, the Alabamas. Um, even in LSU, which I actually have them losing to LSU, and LSU, you just never know with them, right? They they could be the best team you ever see, or they could be the worst team you ever see. Not truly the worst, but you know, um, they just got some some. I mean, in Auburn, as inconsistent as they can be, um, they just got some teams on that schedule that that are going to make it tough for them. But I, I think eight and four is a a respectable, obviously, um, record to have given given where we're at. So those are my long initial drawn out thoughts. I agree with you. I think eight and four could be very solid for them, especially in year two, five and five in his first year without having an off season is very, very solid for that team. I didn't think that they were going to be that good, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So moving on, they really looked pretty good. Now, a lot of that stemmed from the quarterback play from Matt Coral, which which was where we'll switch over to now. He stepped up in a big way, right? Uh, With the upcoming draft class being kind of a big old mess of goods. And what I mean by that is there is a lot of good quarterback prospects going into this draft class, but I don't think there is any 
severely great guys that stand out like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. So Cora has an opportunity to really put some, you know, respect on his name a little bit with another good season. But this past season, 3,337 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 14 interceptions, obviously high, but they are throwing the ball between 35 to 40 times a game. He does in this offense, it is high octane. So, but the impressive number that really comes to mind for me is that 70%, 70.9% completion percentage, which is super impressive for, especially as much as they throw the ball. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be as high as it was whenever I was looking and breaking him down, but it's very nice. A few things of note that I really do like about him is he had the 73 of 103 and 1,102 yards and seven touchdowns and one interception in games against the top 25 opponents. That, to me, very pivotal in what you're trying to do. Now, on the flip side, what I don't like, the close games, he did struggle. Okay, his completion percentage dropped a whole four points down to 66, which you might not sound like a big deal, but it is. And his touchdown to interception ratio dropped from uh, to 12 to seven. Right. So 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions in the games that were within seven points. He needs to get better in these close games or they're not going to be eight and four. They're not going to win eight games next year if he does not. Right. And if you think about that, if he was a little bit better in these late games, could they have been better than five and five? Right. Another thing that I didn't like was the two picks in the red zone. Take care of the football in the red zone. It's very pivotal, very, very important for, um, I mean, for any team, really, but for any quarterback. But when people break down his tape, they're going to look at it and be like, oh, man, he's got, you know, red zone picks are not something to, to just, you know, you're just giving points away right there. Um, I know he had to, had to adjust to the offense. This is really his first season with this kind of, of, of scenario, right? You know what I mean? He went from, I think he threw the ball like 180 sometimes or whatever, and not even that much in the year prior. Mm -hmm. And then this year he goes out there and throws it over 300 times. Doesn't have a full off season to prepare with Giffen and still goes out and throws some pretty good balls. Him and Moore had a really good Rappaport. We'll talk about how the receivers and stuff like that in the future. But to me, I thought he looked really good. Um, another season like this, he could put his name in that top tier of the 2022 quarterback class, but Looking ahead to the future, Luke Altemeyer, four-star recruit in-state. I thought this was a great grab for the team. He's like 6'2", 190. I, I do think that he's going to be that next guy, depending on what Coral does. Uh, I do believe Coral's be coming into his senior year, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. So uh, Coral is gone. So it'll give Altemeyer a, a year, an offseason to learn the offense, understand the offense, kind of sit behind Coral, get used to the playmaking. And I do believe that he's going to take over the reins in the future. It's somebody to keep an eye on for state four star recruit in this offense can be, you know, throwing the ball a lot. So we're going to see whether or not early on, not this year, but we, you know, where this is a debut podcast, we like to talk about the future. So all in my opinion, somebody to just keep tabs on right now. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you got to rush out and grab them in a draft and in, in campus to Cantons, but you know, maybe you do. But for me right now, Altamire is going to have that job, but right now Coral impressed me. Um, this past season stoops your thoughts on coral as a collective yeah no everything you said is spot on and then you just kind of add in his rushing ability i mean he had 112 rush attempts 506 yards four touchdowns on the ground so he's able to get it done when the ball's in his hands whether it be passing it or running it so um i think we just continue to see him excel one thing um if he can bring that interception total down i think that would be awesome um even if he's stuck at 29, 30, you know, passing touchdowns, but if his interceptions were even in the six to nine range, you know, I would see that obviously as a, a massive improvement. So hopefully we can see that kind of go down a little bit, but, but even then 
you you said it his consistency the completion percentage at essentially 71 percent 70.9 is is phenomenal that's definitely something we like to see and like you said luke luke altmeyer i think he is going to be next up i mean it's it's one of those where he is a pro style quarterback but it's as long as you're able to shift around in the pocket and kind of move and, and make plays on, on the ground, I, I think you're able to just open that playbook up or, or that offense up even more. So it's going to be fun to see what, what can happen. But now another year under Lane Kiffin, I think Matt's going to definitely excel. He's going to kind of show his his tools, you know, what we saw last year. He definitely took that leap, right? When you, you said it, so he had 178 pass attempts in 2019, the year before. So he definitely, definitely skyrocketed those attempts. Um, and increased his his completion percentage by basically nineteen percent. Um, no, ten percent. I can't math. Ten percent. Um, so it, it was nice to see that. So I think we continue to see see those numbers from him, um, potentially more even. So I, I think we're going to see a very high powered offense this year. Uh, now it just comes down to defense, as we said. So the win <laughs> the win total, we'll see. But I think the offense is going to definitely be able to to put some points up like they like they have been. If they can just make one stop, I think you know what I mean. Just yeah, like, I mean know, every every couple of games, if they make one or two extra stops, we'll, well be all right, right? And that's just it. Like if and I don't I don't have the schedule pulled up, but if I remember correctly, these games that they lost outside of like the Alabama game, like they were relatively close games. You know, I would say even within seven to twelve points. You know, but that's a couple possessions here and there. So. Um, yeah, if you win by one point, still a win. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you. Just taking a quick gander at it real quick. Uh, even the Alabama game, I mean, they put up 48 points against Alabama. Mm -hmm. They gave gave up 63, but, uh, they were within a touchdown of the game against Auburn. They were within five points of the game against Mm -hmm. LSU. So it's just, and I think it comes down to, it comes down to Coral playing good late, right? You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Those those seven touch seven interceptions in that late game stretch is really what kind of hindered them against these games. And if you look at that, you just switch two games around. You're looking at a um, at, at a seven and three team, right? Exactly. Different ball game, whole different ball game. Seven yep. and three is you know that's a whole different ball game. But transitioning over to the running back position, we have Darion Ely, who's the junior coming into this season. You have Snoop Connor again. I love the name Snoop Connor. That's just Snoop Snoop Snoop. And then of course we have the sophomore Henry Paris Jr. Um, this offense was really kind of obviously Ely's, you know what I mean? Carry wise, but a, a Snoop and, and Henry Parrish kind of had their own niche on it. Snoop had 93 carries, 421 yards, eight touchdowns. Parrish had 56 carries, 263 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they did have 19 catches between the two of them, which kind of equaled or had more than Ely did, um, with his 15 catches, 155 and a touchdown stoops. What are your thoughts on this backfield and Ely as a collective whole? Yeah, I, 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 I... It's going to be Ely's backfield. It is Ely's backfield. But um, I definitely think he is going to improve upon those numbers. Obviously, playing more games, yes, your stats are going to be higher, right? But I think his yards per carry are going to stay the same, potentially even go a little bit higher. I think Snoop's going to still have his role. I think he's going to see over 100 carries. Um, Like you said, he had 93 last year. I'd be shocked if we don't see him kind of in that 105 to 110 range is kind of where I would would expect to to see that. I think he'll see over 550 yards, you know, on the ground. I, I we'll see there. Touchdowns. He's he's pretty much even with with Ely though. Eight touchdowns on the ground to Ely's nine. So they're both getting inside their the end zone. That's definitely something you'd like to see. But Ely, I, I think he's going to be the one that massively benefits um, from the you know again opening up the playbook. 
Um, I think we see him kind of closer in the 160 to 170 carries, well over a thousand yards. Um, hopefully we see some double digit touchdowns. I, I, I would love to see 11 to 14 even, you know, um, I, I think that's a realistic number that we can see from him with again, more games under his belt receptions. I think we're going to stick to see the 15 to 20 receptions, 150 to 180 receiving yards. You know, yeah, you could break some big plays to, to, to get over that 200 mark, but it's just kind of, he's used more definitely on the ground and they, they pass the ball around to the receivers tight end, so on and so forth. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how they get Henry Parrish involved. That's that's the one that I think is going to be um, a little more interesting to watch. We kind of know um, based on what we've seen. Um, it's going to be Ely and Snoop. Those are going to be the two guys that really see a lot of the the touches. But I think Henry Parrish is going to be one that's going to just kind of come in and and you know again when rest is needed or certain play calls or anything. Parrish will be the one that kind of steps in, and I think we see him. 60 to 75 carries roughly so he's still gonna be that third guy but i mean those are solid carries if he can you know even even increase his touchdowns by two of them going to four to five like i'd love to see that so i think the the again as we said this offense isn't going to be um the concern and i think the running game is going to continue to improve and help score more points you know to where even if the defense can't hold you under 45 maybe the offense scores 55 Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's one thing that's uh, to look forward to is if you're if the run game does pick it up, they can keep the offense on the field a little bit longer. You keep exactly. the defense, you know, you keep the defense off the field, which is very pivotal. And Give them more up, rest. Exactly. So for me, that's very pivotal. Uh, Henry Parrish, you brought him up. I, I'm a big fan of this kid. I'm a huge fan. I do think that he was a great get for this team. Uh, he's a four star commit out of Miami, so that just kind of shows you Kippen's range. Mm-hmm. Uh, as is already at 56 carries, 263 yards, two touchdowns, like I mentioned earlier. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him mixed in a little bit more. I, I, the holding on offseason kind of, I think, maybe hindered that a little bit. He did see the field a little bit, but he's very smooth and shifty. In the one game that I was kind of highlighting, I did see he had 324 yards and three scores. And I think this is like a stretch of, of three or four games where he was over 250, 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. And I never understand looking back at, at some of these high school games because I don't yeah. know who they play. It's like at some point you saw that they were giving this – it was like uh, Derrick Henry. He had like 800 rushing yards in one yeah. high school game. It's like at some point you understand that all 11 guys should just try to tackle that one man. And it's just like maybe – I understand maybe you get burnt in the passing game, but it doesn't but, matter. At least, but at least someone else scored. <laughs> exactly. Someone else did something. So I think Paris should be on your radar. 
Uh, I think he's somebody that should be in, in deeper Debbie formats. Obviously, I, I don't think that he's a guy that really stands out if you're in just like a you know five round Debbie format or anything mm-hmm. like that. But C- Campus to Canton Debbie formats, he really should be somebody that you're keeping an eye out because either Elia Connor, um, they could come back for their senior year. Wouldn't surprise me if Snoop came back, depending on the year. And Ely depends on what that looks like. But this really could be Parrish's backfield next season. So I'm excited to see kind of what they do there. It's it's, real quick. It's crazy to think like, so it's one of those where you talk about a certain running back, you know, let's just use Ely as an example. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, you might, he might benefit from coming back, you know, and get into the 2023 class or whatever. But then you take a step back and you're like, yeah, but the 2023 running backs, like there's this guy, there's this guy. And then it's just like, it always trickles in to where it's like, you got to almost, and it's not our decision to weigh, obviously, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm projected to be, you know, in the RB five to eight range, let's just say for the class. Well, if I'm five to eight in the next class as well, like, why don't I just go make money sooner? You know, it's, it's, and you could always improve that, but you could also hurt that. So it's just crazy to think like, well, he might benefit from coming back. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but that's just the crazy. And that goes for receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. Doesn't matter. That's, that's everyone, but running backs to seem to be the one that really, really either benefit or, not benefit from well, that type of decision. Like, yeah, it was like Najee and Etienne. They mm-hmm. both had second round grades and went back. And it yep. was like, man, like, is Najee going to be a first round? I running backs have such this weird stigma of of whether or not do I think Najee might be taken in the first round? Po- possibly. I, I still think it's not a certain that we're going to see a first round running back in this upcoming class. I think we see two running backs go in the first round, but I don't. Th- but I don't think. It's gonna be Najee and ETN. I think it should be. Yeah, but based Javante, on Javante Williams, exactly, wagon is, is exactly is strong. But and, and and just even you know, and again, I don't necessarily follow all these NFL draft scouts and read everything they put out, but it's just the things that I have read. Like it's Williams is kind of getting that hype right now. Um, Which but I do th- that the, the ETN discourse. I posted this other the ETN discourse over the last couple months has been weird. Yeah. I just, but the good thing is, you know, about the running back. Yeah. Okay. You can take it in the first round contract money, you know, make whatever, so on and so forth. But the good thing about running backs is you can get taken in the second, third round, fourth round, even that's kind of a stretch there, but, and still be a guy, right? We've seen so many running backs go in the third round. Huh? James Robinson last year. Yeah. So it's, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to be taken in the first round, but having the draft capital is nice. It's, It's definitely nice. Uh, transitioning over to the wide receiver position, uh, how do you replace more? Um, Stoops has some strong opinions on on who will replace more in this offense. Um, for me, you got Brilliant Sanders, Denontre Drummond, uh, two guys that I really think they're going to step up. You have John Rice Plumley Lee as well. But Stoops, you have some strong feelings about this wide receiver position and somebody that can kind of take over for, for more. I do. Um so first things, you know, obviously you just said it. Moore has moved on to draft, and he's doing all his pro day stuff, and then he's he's moved on. So we're talking eighty six receptions, one thousand one hundred ninety three receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns um, that will be up and available, you know, to be to be taken. So um, he had some rush attempts in there, nothing crazy. Fourteen rush attempts, sixty four yards. So nothing too too crazy there, but um, nonetheless, still still some numbers to be had. Um, to get into the recruiting aspect real quick, and then we'll kind of get into the returning guys. So there's two guys that that I, I, I 
size wise, I like, and I think can become red zone threats and just kind of pull some coverages away. Uh, first one, Braylon Brown, he's six, three, one ninety. I think obviously coming into college, you look at a lot of these guys coming out of high school. Yes. You've got some that are just absolutely grown men, but when you really look at it, the one ninety to even a 200 is kind of normal. Um, but when they get to college, they put on an extra 10 to 15 pounds. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, Braylon Brown, six, three, two Oh five. You know, I'd say 200 to be to be safe on it, but 200, 205 kind of coming into the season, um, just weights and, you know, obviously dieting and then whatever they do to get these guys, you know, gaining some weight without hurting their their play. But he was a four star guy. He was the um, 31st ranked wide receiver. Again, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. 176th ranked in the class, but his just size, his height. I, I think he's going to definitely be able to make make some plays. Another guy, Brandon Buckhalter. This guy, 6'3", 220. Uh, he was a three-star guy. So to me, it's one of those where when you see those 6'3", 220 guys, they definitely just use their athleticism at the high school level to just jump over and be more physical. Coming into college, he's going to have to kind of change that because these corners, safeties, um, are, are definitely much more physical than what we, he was seeing, especially in the SEC. So I do think, though, uh, with that size, there's a lot that can be be done with his playing style. So those are two guys that are coming in this year that may not make an immediate impact, um, but I think can have a role. They might be the guys that have, it doesn't sound like a lot, but five to 15 receptions for 150 to 250 yards ranging, you know? So again, nothing too crazy, but I think coming in for, for freshmen, those would be some decent numbers to see throwing a sprinkling a couple touchdowns as well. But um, they've got some other guys coming in some transfers, um, one coming from like a JUCO, one coming from Western Kentucky. So they've got some guys coming in that I think can definitely help out. But when you look, talk about the returning guys, Jonathan Mingo, um, 27 receptions, 379, three touchdowns. Um, I just love that last name, Mingo. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Mingo. So and I, I'd seen some talk on him, you know, on, on Twitter. Seems like some other guys are kind of getting on that that train as well. But Braylon Sanders, 15 for 376 and four touchdowns. But the guy that I think is going to to benefit most um, from those vacant targets, recept, or I'm sorry, receiving yards and touchdowns, um, Dontario Drummond. He he had 25 receptions, 417 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. I just think he's the one that's going to benefit most from it. I don't necessarily want to say we're going to see 87 for almost 1,208. I, I I think we'll still see in the 65 to 75 reception range. Um, I do think he can get close to that thousand mark. Um, and I think his touchdowns will be relatively the same, but I would love to see if he can get to double digits. That would be, I mean, just absolutely awesome. But it, it, watching some of his film when he was, so he was, he went the Juco route. He came out of high school, um, was a two-star guy, I believe went the Juco route. Definitely, definitely made a name for himself there. And then obviously ended up at Ole Miss. So, um, I think he's definitely someone who's going to benefit from it. When you look at his Juco stats, 58 receptions, 857 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. Then if you backtrack to 2016 um, year, I believe that was his junior year um, of high school, 95 receptions for 1,466 receiving yards and 21 receiving touchdowns. Again, this is high school. Obviously, he was the focal point of the offense in a big way. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but to be only a two-star guy and to put up numbers like that, that just that speaks to these guys that are five stars, right? They may not put up eye-popping numbers like this necessarily, and some of them do, most of them do, but it's just like the fact that they're a five-star 
and he's a two star putting up those types of numbers. It just kind of goes more into playing style, obviously. But um, then you kind of transition to that next year, 37 receptions, 609 for 10. So definitely went down a little bit. But I think Drummond's the guy that, that's going to really benefit the most. Um, all of them have the experience in the offense. So they're definitely going to all see an increase in touches. But I think, I think Drummond, and it's going to be between Mingo and Sanders um, as far as who kind of is that next guy. Or maybe I'll be totally wrong, and it's going to be one of the other two that see the big targets. I don't know. But I think Drummond's, I think Drummond's the guy we're going to see benefit the most. Yeah, to end the season, he had those five straight games uh, with with touchdowns, which is impressive to see. And then, of course, the big game against Indiana, 6-1-10, one touchdown. I do agree with you that Drummond's that guy. I really like Sanders a lot, though. I think that he's a speedy guy that can break the big one anytime. He did average 25.1 yards per catch last year, which was huge. I mean, 25 yards, that's that's a lot per catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens with his offense because there's going to be a lot of – we had 350, I think, balls thrown last year. So there's a lot of, of um, opportunities to be had in this wide receiver position, and especially for some of these guys to improve their draft stock, right? You know, a junior like Drummond coming into the season – you know, he did have the 25 for 417 and seven touchdowns. Can he extend that to 50, close to a thousand double digit touchdowns? If he does that, then he puts his name on the radar with, you know, some of these other guys in this draft class. So I'm a big fan of, uh, of this offense and it's going to produce some serious talent out of it over the next couple of years. All right. So before we go, uh, transition into our 15 through 11 Debbie rankings, I do want to talk about a tight end that they did recruit Hudson Wolf, six, seven. 240 pounds out of Savannah, Tennessee. It's someone to keep an eye out. You're in those deep Debbie leagues or the campus to Cantons. You have 20, 25 guys. I definitely would keep an eye on this guy because he's a four-star prospect. He's huge. He's got a massive catch radius. He isn't the fastest, but he gets the job done. This guy's going to be a huge red zone threat. I truly believe that he's going to be pivotal in this offense for years to come. It might not be this season. It might be next season. But even if you just have a tab on the guy, he might not. He might turn into uh, terrible. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know what I mean? It, these prospects always don't turn out. Mm-hmm. But when you're 6'7", 240, 240 pounds, and you're a tight end, you have the opportunity to really bring a presence to this offense that is needed. So for me, big-time fan of this kid coming out. I saw some of his high school play, uh, some of his tape. He's got the ability to kind of maneuver down the football field, kind of be that security blanket for Coral that I think that he needs to kind of dump it off and go if he plays with Coral at all this year. But it'll be see it'll be interesting to see how he's integrated into this offense. I do think that he'll you know kind of develop that rap rapport with uh, Altemeyer uh, during this you know the practice squad, the second teams, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm excited to kind of see what he can potentially do in the near future. All right, Stoops, we're going to transition over to our Debbie rankings. The last couple of weeks, we covered our quarterback rankings, so go back and listen to those guys if you want to hear our top 10 quarterbacks, our top 15 quarterbacks. Um, this week, we're going to start off with 15 through 11. Stoops, I'm going to let you kick it off with your 15, 14, and 13. So starting you get off, to make me mad all over again. All over again. Um, so 15 um, is a guy that I – had much higher at one point, and then I didn't even have him in my top 15. But Max Borgie, um, I just like still like his his um receiving abilities, right? I want to definitely see more in the rushing aspect. Um, in the one game that he played last year, 10 rushing attempts, 95 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Um, one reception for seven yards. Um, but he did have a fumble and he lost that fumble, but nonetheless. I just want to see more rushing out of him. I, I think he's someone that's going to find a role at the next next level. He's going to be that guy 
that we're talking about that gets drafted third, fourth, fifth round kind of thing. Um, but we'll be able to find a role in some sense. He may not be necessarily, obviously, the the top notch guy, but um, obviously, landing spot can be key as well. So, um, I just I had to put him back in right now. Again, we could talk a month from a month from now, and he might have dropped out again. So we'll see. But no, I like Max Borgi, and I kind of had to put him back in. And now this is where um, this is where I made you mad before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it all over again. I was hoping um, you would change your mind between shows, but apparently I was actually thinking about it, but no, um, I got Eric gray at 14. I do think, and I, I did say this before, I would not be shocked. Um, if he just jumps up the rankings, you know, within, you know, the first week or two of the, once the season starts up, um, I just think him going to Oklahoma is a, bi- a big, big thing. Um, I think he's going to definitely see, some good, some good touches there. Some good time on the field, but I've got him at fourteen, and that's what made you mad before. And you almost, you almost quit. You almost put in your resignation, but that's okay because I don't know how to do the computer stuff. So I'm glad you didn't. Um, sitting at number thirteen hey, for apparently me. Apparently, when not clicking record, neither yeah, do I. I'll say it, <laughs> that's true. Sitting at thirteen is a guy that I'm definitely much higher on than than others, but I also have him lower than what I really want to, based on the fact that he goes to UTSA. No disrespect but they're not playing those top-notch programs. So that's Sincere McCormick. I like his playing ability. I like what he can do on the field. It's just one of those where who is he playing? You know, we say that a lot, and that's not not necessarily fair to him or other guys that, that we've said that about. But at the same time, when you've got guys playing, you know, NFL caliber guys every week putting up the same or relatively the same numbers, you got to kind of, you know, rank him a little bit lower compared to those other guys. But I mean, he had over 1400 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. Like he gets the plays, he gets, he gets it done when the ball is in his hand. Um, so definitely a big fan of sincere McCormick. And I, I'd be shocked if we don't see him do, do relatively that same thing again. I mean, he had 249 rush attempts last year. Like that's, that's crazy. That's the, definitely not Brees Hall level carries, um, but that's, that's pretty close. So that's my 15 through 13. My 15 through 13 is much better because you slandered Eric Gray by putting him so low and it still kind of breaks my heart. I'm going to cry a little bit. So number 15 for me is Kendall Milton out of Georgia. Um, I, I said this <laughs> during our last thing that didn't get recorded, but it's kind of whenever you do your Debbie rankings, it, it's for me, it's hard to t- kind of get that perfect balance of future assets, current assets, and even future, future assets, right? You know what I mean? Because we're kind of looking at 2022, 2023, 2024. We completely got rid of the 2021 class as a collect whole here. But for me, it's been kind of hard seeing who who I want in there with this class, next class, et cetera, et cetera. So Kendall Milton, I like a whole lot. I have a, a, another respectable Georgia running back ranked a little bit higher. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of put him in, put both of these guys into that offense. I just hate Georgia's offense, period. But the, the talent for me is there. And I think that always will supersede whatever Georgia decides to do on the football field. Uh, Jerion Ely, who we talked about earlier, is coming in at number 14. I like the kid. I want I want to see more. I want to see more out of this kid. Zach Evans out of TCU comes in at number 13. And before I uh, and then I've got Zach Charbonnet at number 12. Um, he transferred from Michigan to UCLA. I'm still a believer. I'm going to be intrigued to see what he kind of does in a different offense. And maybe it'll actually utilize him the right way instead of what Michigan uh, whatever they tried to do. And then of course, CJ Verdell um, out of Oregon is number 11. I, I mentioned this earlier, but I just, I don't know what to do with CJ Verdell because I believe in the talent. I think that he's good. And I think it's there. 
He's a little bit small, but he's 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 small but beefy, <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. you could say. But I don't know what to do with him because I could literally see in six months when we get ready to do our rankings that this guy's not even in my top 10 for the 2022 draft class, right? As it sits right now, I think he'd be my three, four, five, seventh 2022 guy. So right now that's where he sits. But in six months, I, I could see so many of our rankings kind of ever change over the next couple months with spring practices, whatever goes on, injuries, like George Pickens, you know, towards ACL, you know what I mean? Like he's already kind of off the radar a little bit when it comes to certain aspects. He's still going to be ranked high, but you could fluctuate that because maybe he doesn't come back. Maybe he comes back for his uh, another season because of the injury. So it's, it's a lot of different things that come in play. That is a different variable from what we saw last year because there was so much uncertainty that we kind of fell back to the safe side of our rankings, right? These are the guys that we know did good in 2020 or 2020, 2019. So we're going to kind of put them in that pedestal. But what's your 12 and 11? My 12 and 11. Um, so sitting at 12, I've got Zamir White. Um, like, like you said, that Georgia offense, it's just like, what, what are they going to do this week? Are they going to let JT Daniels throw the ball 35 times? Or are they going to let Zamir white run it 35 times? Um, or in general, the running backs, right? Who knows? So it's one of those, but just watching his film, watching his tape. I love what we see on, 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 on that tape. I just got some other guys above him. I like a little bit more, but then the guy that I've got at 11 is one that for some reason I just can't can't get off the bandwagon just yet um but i like what i've seen so that's cameron harris um out of miami liked what i saw um definitely want to see see some more right um i did have him higher at one point and then again started trickling through looking at some other names and watching some other stuff and and i I moved him down but um got cameron harris at at 11 and zamir white at 12 yeah so that's our that's the show for this week uh officially officially (laughs) officially uh, folks, make sure to do us a favor. Head on over to the musiccitydrivein.com to check out all the latest uh, articles and reviews over there. Make sure to do us a favor. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Give the show a follow at The Debbie Delight. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Drive In Podcast Network, including our friends over at the Fantasy Football Roundtable, Film Optics, and 50 Years of Music. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.